Hello there, everybody. It's Morgan. And Erica. And we bring you a spooky podcast today on Hawk Beat. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the origin of Halloween and several monsters and creatures associated with the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get started, what are you going else for Halloween? Okay, um, so... I'm going as, if any of you watch the Dream SMP, I am going as a character named Slimesicle in a maid dress. Um, d- don't ask me why, because I, I haven't come up with a good reason why yet. I mean, like, I love that for you. I'm going as a character from Star Wars. His name is Hunter, but I'm going to be going as the female, him. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I love gender so. bends. <laughs> Um, Okay, so we're going to start with talking about the origins of the spookiest holiday in the year, Halloween. Um, So the tradition originated uh, with the ancient Celtic festivals of Samhai. Um, Don't add that part. I'm going to find out how to pronounce this. Celtic. No, get that word I got. Samhai. Samhai. Here. The tradition of Halloween originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off evil ghosts and other spirits. Soon, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain. Samhain. The evening before was also known as All Hallows' Eve. And later, as we know it, Halloween. Actually, that was something I already knew. I already, uh, at one point, I I think it was second grade. I was like, I wonder what Halloween's about. So I looked it up and found out that it was called All Hallows' Eve. And I'm like, that sounds a lot cooler than Halloween. Why can't we keep that? Um, But moving on to the other stuff. So the custom of trick-or-treating on Halloween may come from the belief that supernatural beings or the souls of the dead roam the earth at this time and need to be appeased. It may otherwise have originated in, again, the Celtic festival held on the 31st of October to the 1st of November to mark the beginning of winter. They used to wear spooky costumes to blend in with the evil spirits. However, after a while, that tradition faded away, and people started wearing whatever costume they wanted. And power to them. Otherwise, we'd all just be going as spooky ghosts over here. Like, we'd all just, like, be throwing sheets over our heads and be like, ah! Charlie Brown! (laughs) Um, we set out pumpkins because they often carve scary faces and place the lanterns near doors in order to ward off the evil spirits. Based on the legend, it makes sense why pumpkins, carved or not, are traditionally placed on the front porch during the Halloween season. Ultimately, they were used as a tool of protection against the ghosts. The ghosts would, like, show up and be like, do-do-do, I'm gonna haunt this family. Oh! Oh no, there's a pumpkin! They have a pumpkin and it has a face! I'm gonna have to go home and tell my wife we... We can't haunt this place anymore. My wife is going to be disappointed in me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Why? Um, so I was going to haunt a family to make her income, but they had a spooky pumpkin. Did it have a face? No, but it was a pumpkin. (laughs) It was really orange. Like, it was, that was scary. Do we have to put you back in therapy for your fear of the color orange? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Getting into the the second part of this podcast we're going to be talking about origins of spooky creatures and i guess we could start off with frankenstein oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 
about Frankenstein. <laughs> um, okay, so the story of Frankenstein. Most people know it was written by Mary Shelley in 1818. Um, the story about Frankenstein is pretty good, but Frankenstein, the name, is normally associated with his monster, which can I talk about how big of a peeve that is when people mix up Victor Frankenstein and his creation? <laughs> um, but it's also interesting because in the book, Frankenstein's monster was not originally meant to be creepy or kind of stupid looking, like how you see in renditions where he's just kind of like, uh, what do you do? Um, in fact, the book describes him to be very handsome, all except like scarily handsome. Like that's why people didn't like looking at him because he was so freakishly handsome. That's except for his eyes, which were spooky. Um, and he was also very intelligent, not dumb. Like he learned how to speak, he learned how to read, all that. Like a cool kid. I don't know if that's worse or better than the one that we have right now. Honestly, I think it's kind of funny that he was just, like, originally so handsome. There's this one part in the story when he, like, strip goes up to Frankenstein. He's like, yo, am I made of body parts? And Frankenstein's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so moving on to Bloody Mary. Have you ever played Bloody Mary? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How did that go for you? It was just really stupid because it was just me. In absolute darkness, just basically yelling at myself in the mirror. <laughs> Did anything happen? No, not at all. Nothing happened? Yeah. Um, I don't even know where I first heard of Bloody Mary, but, like, I was so scared to play it. There was a time when if the lights were off and I was even in the same room with a mirror, I would not even dare think the words Bloody Mary. Wow. Now I kind of want to try it, just, like, go in front of the mirror and be like, yo, Bloody Mary, what's up? As a child, I was, like, addicted to, like, learning about demons and, like, playing games like that because, I don't know, I just found it really interesting. Dang, that's spooky. Yeah, I was I was a hardcore child. Sounds like it. Okay, um, so there's many stories and lore behind Bloody Mary, and people just can't seem to decide which one to go off of. So the first one is about... Um, the one, uh, you know, just cut all of this part out. It's just me fumbling over my face. Named after a queen of England who was incredibly ruthless. She was, um, sister to Queen Elizabeth and got the crown before her. She was just as ruthless as her father, Henry VIII, yeah. if not more. She was queen for five years. She never produced an heir. She was England's first queen. Um, I was researching this, and when I was looking up, like, the Queen Bloody, like, the Queen Mary and stuff and, like, everything, the art of her is so weird. Like, I know the art during that time was, like, just never good, but it was so weird. I was like, dang, she's kind of ugly. Look it up if you have time right now, just, just to understand. Just do it. It's really funny. To it's hilarious. look at it. Okay. So that's one of the stories with Bly Mary. It's just that she was ruthless. She was the evil queen. Not evil queen. This is not Cinderella or Snow White or whatever you want to call it. Crap. Um, <laughs> she was more of a, not a great queen of England. She killed a lot of people, beheaded most, because that was the way. And with beheadment, there's a lot of blood, naturally. Um, the next one, actually, I found this kind of like, not disturbing, but just kind of interesting. So the other story is about a girl who was pronounced dead. But that happened to a lot of people. Um, so way back then, 
not way back then, but like a while ago, there was a disease that would um, make you seem dead. But in reality, you were just in a coma. But people would people would think you were dead, so they would bury you alive. Mm. Um, so what they would start doing, just for a little context, is they start putting bells on the coffins that went down. So if you were actually alive, you could ring the bell and they would dig you up because you're not dead. Um, anyway, so they thought she was dead. And uh, they laid her in her coffin, but they had the string with the bell. Uh, the girl's name was Mary. And one day she woke up and she started ringing the bell. Unfortunately, that day, her parents were not around. Nobody was around. So she kept ringing and ringing the bell. And it fell off. And so she started, she starts clawing at the top of her coffin and everything, trying to get out. And eventually she dies. But um, her uh, father comes back and realizes that the bell is come detached and fallen away. So he's like, oh, dang, we got to get her out. So they open the coffin. So they dig her up. And when they open the coffin, they find claw marks all over the lid. And her nails were so bloody um, because she was digging at it. And so she was all bloody. There was blood on her white gown, which she's described to have the white gown. Most, like almost everything I read, she had a white gown. Um, and so they wanted to see if she was dead. So they held a mirror up to her nose because if she breathed on it, there'd be condensation. And it's said that that's when her spirit passed into the mirror. Thus why the game of Bloody Mary is done with a mirror. One thing that I want to add, because I was just remembering this, like in like seventh grade, there are these people that were doing a project on Bloody Mary, and I cannot remember the specifics of it. But I think I remember it being something along like this, like of the just previous story. But it also was talking about like she, well, actually, I can't remember if it was like this one or the one with the queen. I remember one of them just involved that she, I think it was the queen, that she was really ruthless because she was on her period. <laughs> and that's why she was Bloody Mary. There's also a lot of stuff with Bloody Mary, which is kind of confusing because it's talking about the queen, where she produced an heir and then killed him, like killed her son. Um, so the next monster. Our next spooky creature is the boogeyman. And were you ever scared of the boogeyman? Um, so I was never actually scared of like monsters in my closet, monsters under my bed. I watched, you know, VeggieTales? Yeah. I watched the spooky VeggieTales that kind of had the boogeyman and that gave me nightmares. But that was as close as it got to being scared of the boogeyman. So I was scared of vegetable boogeyman. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, I don't have a fear of veggie tail boogie band, but I am, as a child, I was, I, okay, I know this might be a little bit controversial, but as a child, and still kind of now, I don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I don't like it either. Because, like, I don't know, I just have bad memories, and I'm like, oh, because it, I don't know why, it just scared me so much as a child that it, like, like, it ruined it completely for me. Like, I understand, it's absolutely gorgeous. Like, like the um the movie itself was absolutely gorgeous but it was just how it was terrifying to me and so i hate it now <laughs> i felt that and i was terrified of the boogeyman especially especially at the ending you have you ever seen it and at the end where like he like gets ripped apart and like in like there's like spiders there's that just bugs and it's ugh, it makes oh it makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> I actually don't like The Nightmare Before Christmas, like the movie, because I just, I like the story. It's all right. I guess Jack Skellington 
pretty good. Yes. But like the rest of it, I just I can't stand the art style. And it just it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yes. Okay, uh sorry we got sidetracked, but um some say that like the legend of the boogeyman started in Scotland. Um, there has also been like references references made to the boogeyman since the 1500s, which you know to give it give it give that time. Uh, that's like that's like what in the middle of the Renaissance. That moment when the boogeyman's been around longer than calculus. <laughs> Damn. Um, but although others believe it existed long before that time, which the boogeyman was actually the founder of Earth. Yeah, yeah, God, we don't know him. We just know the boogeyman. <laughs> you know how Queen Elizabeth just can't die like it's just been said in all the memes. She was around when the boogeyman was around. Her and the plot- boogeyman born the same time. Or plot twist. She is she, the is, she is the boogeyman. <laughs> this just in folks, Queen Elizabeth is the boogeyman. <laughs> I bet that's somewhere, probably. <laughs> but um, according to Ghostly Activities, one origin story is about a priest who became corrupted and, and preyed on children. So I looked into that. I didn't write it down. I don't know why. But it's kind of really freaky. Like, that's, like, I know a lot of, so a lot of these, like, spooky guys are made to kind of warn children about stuff. So, like, the boogeyman is just, like, Yes, that priest wasn't as holy as he thought. <laughs> That's because he was an evil priest. Evil. Actually, I never wrote down evil. It just says a priest who became corrupted. So, Damn. Corrupted pr- priest. Hey, that's your dad. Just <laughs> it's my dad. Oh my! Please cut this out. Like, we're looking at something right now, and it just showed a. I don't know what the picture I is. That's my dad. <laughs> Thanks. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and a, okay, I'm cut. Adjust it to what makes sense because right now it's a disaster right now. But um, apparently each country and culture has its own type of boogeyman. Um, in Western Europe and North America, its origin like is loosely about how a priest became corrupted and preyed on children. He would trick parents into giving him their children to dole out punishments. Which is like, that's like <laughs> the creepiest thing. Just like, hey, hey, parents, can I have your kids so I can punish them? It's like asking for canned food, but this time it's your kid. <laughs> yeah, great comparison. <laughs> the parents believing the priest would do what's best, like naively surrendered their naughty kids to him and and then yeah uh imagine what happens after that um oh this is interesting so the parents caught on to the priest's actions and they killed him um and how they killed the priest differs by each culture the story states he died from the following reasons buried alive in a shallow grave hung from a tree in a cemetery or town square burned alive Beheaded in front of his church and congregation. Locked away in the church's basement to starve to death. I don't know which one is worse out of all of those. I guess it's getting into another thing. Out of those five, what's the worst? I think being burned alive is the most painful way, like one of the most painful ways to die. 
But that's a different thing. We're going off topic. <laughs> I don't know. Personally, just like being buried alive. Being buried alive is like, it would be scary, but I've heard being burned alive is like the most painful thing. Like it's like the pain. Do you is know experience? With... Do you have yep. experience with people that yeah. burned to death? <laughs> no, there's just a lot of research. Like the pain of it is like the pain of it is very, very, very close to the pain of childhood. Childbirth. <laughs> childhood. <laughs> childhood. Okay, okay. Uh, let's talk about the next monster. But there's so much more for the boogeyman. The boogeyman? The boogeyman. Okay, fine. Give one more fact about the boogeyman. Um, uh, America, it's kind of just assumed that it was a live burial. Um, uh, fear, if you're scared, then the boogeyman's going to get you because it, it, um, it, it, it's, it attracts fear. Um, there's, there's a, the boogeyman wants to kids. <laughs> In general, like the spirit, like a lot of people assume it like wears a cloak and it's and it just holds a giant sack, or but that also can change a lot depending on the culture and everything. Spooky. Because like it, it also it'll take form of the things that you're scared of and feed off of that fear. I'm scared of escalators. What does it do then? <laughs> it'll be it'll become an escalator. It will tr- escalator in my room, and I'm like. Bruh, <laughs> get out. But in like a serious way, like say if you were afraid of snakes, it would turn into a giant snake. If you're afraid of bald people, will it become a bald person? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Um, this is some very spooky stuff. But we should move on to the next one. Okay, and Boogeyman, spooky creature, be careful, he's going to steal your children. All right, our next spooky creatures are vampires. Yeah. Um, so vampires properly originate, properly originating in folklore were widely reported from Eastern Europe in the late 17th and 18th century. These tales form the basis of the vampire legend that later entered Germany and England, where they were subsequently embellished and popularized. Um, vampire superstitions thrived in the Middle Ages, especially as the plague decimated entire towns. The disease often left behind bleeding mouth lesions on its victims, which to the uneducated was a sure sign of vampirism. You hear that, kids? If you lose a tooth and there's blood coming from your mouth, you're you're a vampire. vampire. It wasn't uncommon for anyone with an unfamiliar physical or emotional illness to be labeled a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Many researchers have pointed to porphyria, a blood disorder that can cause severe blisters on skin that's exposed to sunlight, as a disease that may have been linked to the vampire legend. Some symptoms of um, porphyria can be temporarily relieved by ingesting blood. Another diseases blamed for promoting the vampire myth includes rabies or goiter. When a suspected vampire died, their bodies were often disinterred to search for signs of vampirism. In some cases, a stake was thrust through the corpse's heart to make sure they stayed dead. 
Other accounts describe decapitation and burning of the corpses of suspected vampires well into the 19th century. We, I think we need a pause on, okay, <laughs> if you have a medical condition that you cannot fix... You're a vampire. Yes. And yeah. what's weird about it is that they're talking, they also said something about, like, a emotional illness. So, like, if you have, okay, so kids, this is what we've learned. If you have depression or anxiety, you're just a vampire. That might also explain why I stay up really late at night, but I love garlic. I do, too. You're, you're killing yourself. Let's go. No. Okay. Please cut that, cut out. that out. Please. Okay. Um. I this might be wrong, but with the vampires, I'm pretty sure that's where you've seen like those like in like pictures and stuff. Those graves that had, like cages over them. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that they come from with vampires because they were convinced vampires could rise from the dead, and so they were concerned vampires would rise from their coffins, and would come, and that's why they put it over. Like they were also that was kind of associated with zombies as well. Yeah. But zombies came after vampires. I'm pretty sure. From a lot of the stuff I saw. Um, so that's where like cages around like graves came from. Pretty whack. Um, but yeah, if you're a vampire, see your local doctor today. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone actually have that disease anymore? Like I wonder if that's like an actual thing. The one with uh, blistering in the sun? Yeah, and the one like where yeah. Do people, like, still have that disease? That's what I'm wondering. It's, Cut this out. Yeah. What, how do you spell it? P-O-R. Mm-hmm. Uh, P-H-Y. P-H-Y. R-I-A. Euphoria 2021 cases of... It is. It does still happen nowadays. I mean, like, the bubonic plague is still around. We just have treatment for it now. Yeah. So, um, if you have that and you blister in the sun, I hate to tell you this, but you're probably a vampire. Which is also just, like, like how are... Okay, with the bubonic plague, yeah, we can treat that. With, with, the, with the porphyria, that's just, okay, blister in sun and drink blood. Like temporarily relieve it. What are you supposed to do? Are you just supposed to, like, just carry around someone's blood with you and be like, oh, wait, oh, no, there's too much sun. Glug, glug, glug. Can we talk about how funny vampires are, first of all, like, their weaknesses? Like, my personal favorite is that, well, the garlic one's pretty funny, but the one where they have to be invited in. (laughs) Just, like, they can't, like, go into someone's house unless you're like, hey, come on in. They're very polite. They Imagine respect being polite. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm polite. Um, Vampires are very. They respect boundaries. I saw something that was like someone's like it was like a joke kind of thing. It's like I think I might be becoming a vampire. Well, no, they didn't know they were becoming a vampire. They're like I've been getting all these weird stuff happening, and they're like, uh, they're like I tried to eat garlic the other night and it really burned. And someone's like, yeah, you might be a vampire. And they're like, I think I might just be allergic. And then someone else. They were also like, and I just. I don't go into people's houses without being invited. And someone's like, why? And they're like, because I'm polite. Yeah, so if you're polite, you're a vampire. That's what we're gathering from this. Lesson learned. Don't be polite. Unless you want to be a vampire. I mean, if you want to be a vampire, good on you. You got When that. you were a kid, did you, like, 
want to be a vampire. No. I had, like, a cousin who, like, she was always like, guys, I'm a vampire. And I was like, that's pretty weird. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I went a separate way. I want, I was one of those wolf kids. Oh, you wanted to be a, like, wolf? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everyone was either a vampire kid or, like, a wolf kid. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I was a vampire kid. For, like, a month. <laughs> For a month. And then then I was just a normal kid. And then I realized when I get older, I can still stay up late. <gasps> Whoa. Okay. So the final thing that we are talking about today is witches, which I feel like out of all these, kind of, like, people know the most about these guys. Oh, definitely. Um. So with these, um, early witches were people who practiced witchcraft using magic spells and calling upon spirits for help or to bring about change most witches were thought to be pagans doing the devil's work many however were simply natural healers or so-called wise women whose choices choice of profession was misunderstood um there was also a whole bunch of stuff like it's crazy with like witchcraft like how far back that goes Mm -hmm. um it's like it's ridiculous too like if you were, like, this is kind of getting into the Salem witch trials and stuff, but if even, you could even get accused if you're a man. <laughs> I mean, females were mostly accused, but there are some cases where men were accused of being witches. I mean, good on, hey, they might, they, they didn't, they didn't fight about gender there. That, that's this good. True. Um, and witchcraft is still a thing that, like, there's, like, a religion for witchcraft. Oh, yeah, still. Yeah. A few of my friends are actually witches, and... Even for a bit, like, I wanted, I was thinking about it, but then I realized, like, it just wasn't for me. It just... It's really cool. Yeah, I still think that it's really cool, and I would love to learn about it. I prefer the exorcisting route. I don't know. I just find, like, deities really cool. Like, I really... Do you know what a deity is? I've... Yeah. I really, like, that's kind of why I was thinking about getting into it, but then I was... But then it felt like, oh, wait... There might be a lot of work. I am too lazy to do mm-hmm. this. So, <laughs> yeah. So, something most popular with witches is probably the Salem Witch Trials, which happened in Salem, Massachusetts. Which, for a while, I didn't know that Salem was in America. It's. I it thought is. it was in Europe. <laughs> I didn't know Salem was a real place. <laughs> um. No, but it's crazy. They would just, like, hang people if they thought they were being suspicious. They're like, hey, did I just see you? sneeze into your elbow four times witch you're a witch let's go get to the stake no no i'm not a witch i swear you're a witch you you're can you can show that you're a witch after you survived if you float on water and don't drown after we push you under then you can live because witches drown no witches float <laughs> yeah because witches drown that's what's happening if you drown we'll know you're a human <laughs> Yeah, after it's too late. You'll still be dead. Yeah, imagine being alive during that time, though. It's like... I know. It's like every... Especially as a female, you're just walking out. And you have, like, a basket in your arm. It's like, wait. Someone's like, are you carrying that basket in your left arm? Which? Which? Wait. And then... Or, like, you're even, like, you have, like, strawberries in your bag. And then they're like, wait, is that a severed hand? And which, which? And then, and then, and like, after you die, people open it and be like, oh, that was is, it's, anyone want any strawberries? But, yeah, so that's all the time that we have for today. Um, but I hope that you learned a thing or two about spooky things and you could feel the spooky vibe. 
Have a good Halloween, guys. Stay safe. Um, remember, vampires are just severely mentally ill. And I'd say don't take candy from strangers, but <laughs> like exactly what Halloween is. Yeah, I'll, I'll be with you, just in spirit. Bye. Bye, guys. Hello, my guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's Ayla, and I'm currently stealing quotes from Thomas Sanders. I would like to thank the Hawkbeak crew for letting me do this section on the podcast for Halloween, because these types of things are one of my favorite things to talk about. Please note that, yet again, I have a trigger warning for my section for mainly death and a little bit of gore, but it's not too bad. No, I am on a roll with these trigger warnings. Okay, so... Spooky season has started. Don't know if you guys noticed, even though it's the uh, 19th as of recording this. Which, to me at least, is the best time of the year. It's the one time I'm allowed to put up decorations, scare children, wear masks, and not get yelled at for doing so. As part of... So, let's get started with my part of the Hawkbeak podcast. The first story I will be talking about will be a beast of which you should not speak its name. However, I have no care for my personal regard, so I'll tell y'all its name anyways. Today, I will be talking about the beast from Navajo legend, the Skinwalker. Please keep in mind that this information may not be 100% factual to the legends, as the information is constantly changing due to more people coming forward with their own stories. Let's begin. Skinwalkers were once medicine men or women in the Navajo tribe. A, an incomplete list of their duties would have first been to heal people, and obviously, and would sometimes use magic to do so. The way they would become skinwalkers would be if they continued to use dark magic for their own personal gain, and therefore allowed themselves to succumb to it to gain more power. Most of the time, they do this through their own choice. Keep that in mind. The power of a skinwalker would include the following. Causing famine, bad omens, shape-shifting, immune to all bullets except silver, the ability to raise the dead, and some have the ability to steal your face if you lock eyes with them. And if you do so, some would even be able to steal your soul. Some have even said that the mere mention of the term skinwalker would draw them to you. Guess we know why people don't want talking about them. However, while all those strengths are intimidating, I also have quite a f- they also have quite a few weaknesses. According to my research, it is said that a skinwalker is flammable, so a lit Molotov cocktail should be able to end its life. Some other people have said that piercing it with silver should be able to at least stun it, but others have stated that silver wouldn't even phase it. While everyone in the cryptid community has their own opinions on killing the beasts, myself included, there's one surefire way to kill it, and this is coming from Navajo legend. By saying its original human name, this can cause them to die immediately. There are multiple accounts of this being the best way to take it down, though it can be time-consuming. There are brief mentions of skinwalkers being the same as Wendigos and the Rake on fandom and creepypasta wikis I came across when I 
was researching this a few years ago. These statements are false, as Wendigos, while having close ties with skinwalkers in terms of famine, are definitely not skinwalkers. They are more powerful. And, sorry to disappoint, the rake is a creepypasta, and it has about the same number of confirmed sightings as people say they saw Slenderman. Many people's arguments on folklore forums I visited have stated the very personal accounts with skinwalkers, but all come with flaws. None of the, those websites mentioned where the monsters were. Skinwalkers like to hang around graveyards, as they have the ability to raise the dead. To identify an area a skinwalker is, look for animal tracks that turn into human footprints, or the reverse. Look for any animal corpses and pay attention to the smell. The smell will be something like death and raw sewage. And pay attention to the people around you. Nobody hangs out at graveyards for fun, unless you're, like, weird in a bad way. To sum it all up, uh, my best piece of advice to give you is if you are ever in a situation where you are forced to be in the same area as a skinwalker alone, do not approach them and run as fast as you can to get away from them. They will kill you without any reason or hesitation. And that concludes this section of Hawkbeat. Thank you once again to the Hawkbeat crew for letting all of us on to discuss the origins of famous monsters. And th thank you for listening to this long podcast. <laughs> I'll be seeing y'all throughout the rest of the month. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.